This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at messy.fm. City fans, this is your host Gavin Rushdown. Welcome back to the OC Lions Blog Podcast, a fan's perspective of Orlando City Soccer Club. Do not forget, do not forget a fan's perspective of Orlando City Soccer Club. That is right, I am just a fan. Don't work with the club, not a coach, don't really know much. I know, I think I know a lot. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. That's for me and you to decide. Probably more you than me. Um, but yeah, just a fan. Just like you. Just like anybody out there listening to this. Maybe somebody involved with the club listening to this. I highly doubt it. If you are, I love you. You're part of the club that I love. I truly do love you. Love this club. Take everything I say with a grain of salt, you know. Because this is an emotional game. This is an emotional game. Yes, today I will be talking about another game that feels like a loss. Another game that feels like a loss, guys. 1-1 one, one draw. 1-1 one, one draw. We cannot hold a lead. We, we really can't. Okay, you know what? I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there. That's more. That's later, okay? Because I, I have a lot to say on that. Because we can't hold a lead. I'm just going to stop right there. That's later in the podcast. We're going to talk about the Toronto game. Going to add a couple new segments into the podcast that was recommended by a fan. And I truly appreciate that fan. If you are listening, you know who you are. So thank you. Appreciate that. Adding a couple new segments. And of course, going to be talking about our game on Wednesday, Sporting KC, who, uh, looking at the results right now, looks like they lost to Real Salt Lake. Uh, yes. They got a red card, Daniel Saloy, red card. And uh, we'll be talking about that as well. So, yeah, they just lost against Real Salt Lake. Let's get into the Toronto game, though, the one that you are all here to listen to. Actually, before I get into that, Twitter, my Twitter, OC Lions Blog, um, my Instagram, OC Lions Blog, my website, www.oclionsblog.com. Very simple, guys. If you want to reach me, find me at OC Lions Blog. Anywhere, basically, other than Facebook. Not on Facebook. Couldn't really care about Facebook. Maybe I'll get on there one day. We shall see. Now let's get into the Toronto game. We lined up in a 4-2-3-1 formation. We were definitely looking like we were preparing for when Maurizio Pereira is fit and ready to play. We were getting into that formation that we want to play when he is here to lock down that number 10 role. And it looked good. It looked good. You know, early on in the game, back and forth, 15 minutes. A couple of chances for both teams. You know, both teams getting into each other's half. But then we really took control of the game for the next 30 minutes. We took, I would say we took control of the game for the next 30 minutes. We ended the half with more possession. After starting the half with way less possession. I think we were in the 30s at one point. The mid to high 30s. And then we we just really, really took possession 
took control of the ball, really took control of the game. But but neither team really had any clear-cut chance. I think both teams had one chance, maybe. I don't even know if we didn't really have a clear-cut chance. They had one clear-cut chance that I'm going to talk about a little bit later, about Sané. Um, it was off of a quick free kick from Toronto. I'm going to talk about that in the player ratings. But, yeah, that was about their only clear-cut chance. They took a quick free kick. They uh, lofted it over and almost got Josie Altidore through on goal. I believe it was Josie Altidore, and, but I believe Rose came out and saved it. But other than that, it was a very strong half. We just needed some more off-the-ball runs. We just needed more movement. We needed more movement. It was very stagnant from the front three today. We we were in their half, and you could see a lot of standing. It was it was unfortunate, to say the least. It was unfortunate because we were really controlling the game. And I don't know why we didn't have a lot of off-the-ball runs in the first half, but, you know, it happens. Players tend to want to save energy for the second half when they're hoping other their opponents are going to be tired and their legs are not going to be as ready to be for go for a sprint as they might be in the first 30 minutes. So I can see maybe why, but we, we do need more off-the-ball runs. I think MLS needs more off-the-ball runs in general. Not a lot of movement up front in MLS. Maybe you, you see it. You, the successful teams in MLS move a lot. Atlanta moves a lot. LAFC moves a lot. LA Galaxy moves a lot. Philadelphia, we saw it when we played them twice. They have a lot of movement off the ball, and that is why they're up there in – are they in first place? They're, I think they're in second now that Atlanta's – no, they are in first place, but Atlanta has a game in hand and is three points behind with more goal difference. So for second place, Philadelphia, they have a lot of movement off the ball. We needed more movement off the ball today in the first half. Going into the second half, though – we started another half on the back foot. If you've heard my podcast before, you've heard me talk about us starting halves on the back foot, both first and second halves. We even started the first half today on the back foot. They had a couple of attacks early, and then we started growing into the game after those early set of attacks. This one, they came straight at us, and we almost conceded. Thank goodness we didn't. That would have sucked. It would have sucked. It would have been like, oh, yet another game. We go into halftime. We're feeling good. Nil-nil. Start of the second half, bang, goal. Down one nail, chasing for the rest of the game. Thank goodness we did not, but Toronto did control the half. Toronto definitely controlled the half. They won more tackles in midfield. They were more direct in their attacking. They were, ch- they looked like they were chasing the game. They were at home. They knew they needed a goal, and that that's what we wanted. That's what James O'Connor wanted. I sent out a tweet um, about 10 minutes before we scored, and I said, it's time to sit deep encounter with pace. I, I said Toronto's desperate. Toronto's desperate. It's time to sit deep and counter with pace about 10 minutes before we scored. And that's literally what we did. That's literally what we did. We sat deep. We took pressure. We had our chance. We went up the field. Mueller passed it over to Benji, who took it in and scored just over a minute from being on the field. And it was great. It was great to see. Um, that's exactly what we wanted. We wanted Toronto to get desperate to send numbers forward and us to have some pace on the counter. And that's exactly what Benji brought when he came into the field. Unfortunately, Benji negated his amazing goal for us. He negated it and he took it away from us. He almost took it away from us in the form of a penalty, but luckily he did have, um, he did take down the former lion, Richie Larea outside the box. No question about that. The ref agreed. Everybody agreed. 
contact outside the box, no penalty. But the foul was still stupid. There was a player there who could have stopped Larea. Was it Miller or was it Janssen? Somebody. He didn't have to foul. I mean, he just didn't. It was it was a it was stupid. It was unnecessary. It was something a rookie does, and that's 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 what Benji Michel did. And they got their chance, and they scored just a scrap in the box. They pass it back out to I can't remember who took the shot. I don't think it was Michael Bradley. Somebody took the shot, went into the box, bounced around, and they put the ball in the back of the net. One one off of a dumb foul from Benji, and it's so sad because he came in. He came in and he did so well. He got his goal and then he turned around and fucked it up. That's basically what we did. But, but in general, it's, it's not all his fault. It's not because we cannot defend leads. This is what I was talking about when I said I'm going to get into it later on. Here it is. We just can't defend leads, guys. We can't. Portland, Philadelphia, NYCFC, New England to some extent in the Open Cup. Luckily, we had two goals there because if we didn't, we would have been 1-1 because they scored in the last second. Chicago early on in this season. We can't defend leads. When we go full turtle, when we, when we get into our defensive shell, we, we get scored on every time. You know, and I even predicted this. I predicted this whole entire outcome last podcast, last episode, go to the end of it. I'm almost 100% positive. I said we will score first. And we will give up a goal late in the game. And we will end the game 1-1. I predicted the game. Because it's so plainfully obvious that we cannot defend leads. Luckily, we didn't allow two and we didn't drop all three points. But I'm tired of the moral victories. I'm so tired of the moral victories. How many more games are we going to go into and go one nil up and then leave with only a point and say, you know what? Last season, we would have lost. Last season, we would have lost. That is correct. We have shown improvement. But you know what? That's not enough improvement to make the playoffs. And we are still heavily within a shout of making the playoffs. New England tied today. Montreal, I believe, is losing right now. We tied our main competitor in Toronto, or one of our main competitors in Toronto. Results are going our way. We need to take advantage. We need to take advantage, and we're not. We needed to win this game. It was another must-win game that we did not win. Tuesday was a must-win game we didn't win. This was a must-win game we didn't win. We did get a point, though. We did not drop three points. That's a positive. A negative, we should have gotten more. We can't defend leads, guys. We, when we go 1-0 down, we might as well start searching for the second. We might as well just get into their half and keep possession and push them on the back foot because we can't fucking defend. We can't. We, we get in our shell and we, we say we're going to soak the pressure, but, but the teams just send everybody and we just can't seem to, to, to like, I can't even think of words. We just can't seem to cover the players and the randomness of balls going into the box, bouncing around, ball goes in the back of the net, or just pretty play from the other team. We just soak up the pressure. We drop way too deep. They get all over us in the box. 
all over us just outside the box. We're losing 50-50 balls. We can't clear the ball because we suck at clearing the ball. And we we just concede. We just concede. And then that's really the game over. We weren't we weren't gonna score again. We almost did, but we weren't. I mean Akindele and Juan came on and they, they both were involved in one good chance, but Tesho was shoved. It's not a I'm not saying it's a penalty. I'm not saying it's a penalty because it's not. But Tesho was shoved and it's hard. It's a hard chance to score when you're off balance after a shove like that. It's not a penalty. Players on both teams do it. Our team does it. Opponents do it. Everybody does it. It's a very hard chance to hit while off balance. I do not blame Akindele at all for that chance, and y'all should not either. And and that was really it. We made that one big chance. Um... Toronto did make a couple chances. They weren't like, you know, they weren't necessarily big, big, big chances. But they there almost was the one where Janssen fell and, and Josie Outsdoor just took a bad touch. That was almost a big chance. Luckily, it wasn't because Outsdoor decided to, to, take, to take that bad touch. So that was good. So that was probably our biggest chance to secure a win. But other than that, we it was just after the goal, 1-1. That was going to be the end of the scoreline, and unfortunately, I predicted it correctly. I I would have I was you know on Twitter I was getting I was getting a little confident, getting a little cocky. I was like, okay, we got the goal, we got the goal. We just need to sit back and defend, and I think we can do it. I even said I think we can do it, even though in the back of my head I knew we wouldn't, and we didn't. We didn't. It sucks. We didn't. Um, we can't defend leads. Moral of the story. Just I mean. St- it's so frustrating, guys. We still have no back-to-back wins this season. How many games are we in? 25? Was this our 25th game? 20, Orlando City, 5. 25 games, 30 points. No back-to-back wins. It's depressing. It's I, I mean, I would rather have this season that we are having this season than last season, obviously. I would rather have consistent wins, draws, and then losses coming all near each other than having six wins in a row and then having 11 games where you don't win a game. I would rather have the season. We need more consistency and this is a good start, but unfortunately we, we just no back-to-back wins is not good enough. We're just too, we're too inconsistent still, but luckily we're not consistently losing. I guess that's one way to put it. Onto the next segment, though, onto a new segment, I'm going to be going over some of the match stats really quickly and just talking about what they necessarily mean. So let's go into the stats. So 18 shots for Toronto, 8 for us, uh, 5 shots on target for Toronto, 2 for us. That just shows how clinical we were in terms of shots on target. We only had 2, we scored 1 of them, but still, that's, what is that? One out of four, one out of every four shot was on target. That's not good enough. That That's not even close to good enough. If we want to be a playoff team, we need to get more shots on target. Although theirs wasn't that good either. 18 shots, five on target. They definitely did not have their shooting boots on. Possession was kind of close, 56% to 44%. Um, you know, in the first half, we, ha- we ended with more possession. I believe we finished 53% to us. And then... They had, what, 47? Is that the math? I think that's math. And then 
unfortunately, they they r- ranked it up the second half, second half, and they were all over us. They took control of the game, and we couldn't control them, and we lost. No, we didn't lose. We tied. Feels like a loss. That's right. Feels like a loss. We did not lose, though. Passes, 538 passes for them, 431 for us. Pass accuracy, 87% for them, 81% for us. Fouls, big highlight here. They had four fouls. We had 11. This was definitely something in the game plan. We needed to foul them to slow down their possession game, and it worked. It worked. They they did not have as good as possession as I think they wanted to, and I think that comes down to us fouling, breaking up play, and just slowing down the play in general. So 11 fouls to their four. That's part of the reason why we had such good possession, in my opinion, in the first half. They didn't. Fou- they never fouled us. They barely fouled us. They sat off us. They did not put in challenges. They did not slow down the play enough, and and we were we were controlling the game. They fouled us a couple times the whole entire game. Now, f- for us, we were aggressive with them. We put in 11 fouls over the course of the 90 minutes, and we slowed down the game. So great tactics there by James O'Connor. Both teams finished with the one yellow card. Obviously, neither team had any red cards. We had one offsides call against us. Honestly, can't remember when that was. I actually... Who was offsides? I, I honestly can't remember. They had six corners and we had seven pretty even on that front. So that was the stats of the game. If you were interested, let me know if you want me to keep doing that. If you are, um, if you just like knowing some of the statistics in the game and if any of them stood out to you. On to the player ratings, though, to finish off the Toronto game. Brian Rowe with a 6 out of 10 for me. Smith, 7 out of 10. He was great today, guys. Um, someone on Twitter, uh, was saying he, he ain't good enough. And I was just saying, no, I think it's Alex Brown. Is that correct? Alex Brown. Is that someone? Yeah, I I think it was him. He, am I wrong? Am I wrong? I think I'm wrong. I can't find it. Three hours ago. I can't find it. But yeah, he was saying that. Kyle Smith isn't good enough. What Kyle Smith brings is defense. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Alex, please listen. This is my explanation. He brings defense. He is not an attacking threat. He is not Huan. He is so good in the air. Against DC United, he had seven aerial challenges won. That is insane numbers for a right back. Seven aerial challenges won. Very impressive. Um, just, just he's good in the air. His defensive positioning is very good, especially in the air. Especially in the air, he gets in very good positions for crosses, and that is where he's at his strongest. Defending the back post in the air. He had one at, at, in, at one point in this game in the second half. He was up against Josie Outdoor, and it looked like Josie Outdoor was going to win this ball, and. Cal Smith just jumped up and headed out for a corner. That's another thing. He's very smart with corners. He he doesn't care. That's smart. He doesn't care about conceding a corner. He will head the ball out for a corner all day long. That is safe defending. That is more of what we need. We need to stop trying to clear the ball out 
and keep the ball in play and hope that Dwyer somehow gets to it, we need to start clearing it out for corners and throw-ins because that slows the game down, that gets our defense set up, and then we don't concede. We struggled with clearances all season, and players like Smith who are willing to kick a ball out for a corner just to you know, get the ball out and set up the defense, that is players we need. Okay? Alex, if you heard that, at me on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts. Love to hear yours. We'll at you back. Sané, 5 out of 10. Janssen, 5 out of 10. Miller, 7 out of 10. Another player that impressed me today. He has really impressed me at left back. I think it is time we start talking about Miller as a possible future defender for this team. I don't think he's a left back. He does not have the pace. He does not have the offensive prowess, similar to Smith. He is a defensive option at left back who can do a job. However, is he... Kamal Miller, is Kamal Miller an option for starting center back in the future? Is he? I think he is. I think next season, or even in two seasons, he could be our starting left center back. We could either sell Janssen for a lot of money and get... If we, if next season we were to sell Sané and get in a proper right center back and do Sané, or no, and do that proper right center back and Janssen for next season, that would be fantastic. Sorry, my dog barked. Don't know why. And then the season after that, maybe we sell Janssen for a hefty fee because he would be very good. Obviously, we probably wouldn't, but we could maybe scoot Miller in. I mean, Janssen's pretty young for a center back. I'm pretty sure he's 27. So maybe that'd be stupid. Probably shouldn't do that. Either way, Miller should be a center back for the future for us. And if not, he can fill in that backup left back because Moutinho is definitely our our left back for the future, starting left back. But I, I don't see Miller slotting in well at right center back, and it's hard because he has a proper defender and Janssen in front of him. But he has definitely got some potential, in my opinion. He impressed me today. He's impressed me all season, even when he's thrown at left back. And, yeah, so that's my little thoughts on Miller. Your thoughts now. Is he potential center back for the future? How should we handle these center backs in the next couple of transfer windows. Let me know that. Okay, Yuta Rossell, 6 out of 10. Asquez, 5 out of 10. Pretty average performances from Asquez and a little bit above average for Rossell. Nani, 6 out of 10. Robinho, 4 out of 10. Was not really impressed from his performance. Had a couple good 1v1s um, in terms of offense, but nothing doing from him. Dwyer, 5 out of 10. And Mueller, 5 out of 10. A lot of average performances today, guys, in and around the 4, 5, and 6 areas. Especially, I guess we only had one four, and that was Rubinho. For me, anyway, everybody else was pretty bang average, which was good enough to get us a draw on the road. So what happens when we're above average on the road? I guess we win games, do we? I don't know. Benji gets a 6 out of 10. I was kind on him because he came in, made an instant impact, 6 out of 10. But then he turned around and kind of lowered his score. I probably would have given him a 7 or an 8, to be honest. To be quite honest, I probably would have given him a 7 or an 8 if he hadn't been key in us conceding. So 6 for him. Akindele, 5 out of 10 for him. And on 6 out of 10. My man of the match, I forgot to pick one. Um, Nobody really stood out, to be quite honest. Fuck it. Smith's my man of the match. I'm saying it. I can't really think of anybody else. Actually, let me go on who scored real quick and see who they think was the best player on the field today. 
Orlando City versus Toronto FC. If you haven't, check out who scored. It's a great, great website. They have some good – okay, let's turn that down. They have some good statistics and stuff about really all soccer teams. They talk about MLS. They talk about EPL, Serie A, all that fun stuff. Who was the best player on the field in their opinion? Uh, no, I have to go to Match Center. Sorry, guys. This is going to take me a second. I'm just interested to see who they think was the best player. Okay, here we go. Here are the player ratings. Mueller got a 7.4. He did get an assist. Um, Kyle Smith also got a 7.4. Michelle got a 6.8. Nani got a 6.8. Roe got a 6.9. Everybody else was around the Sixers area. Asquist got a 6.1. As for Toronto, their best player looked like their left back 6.9. Aro. Oh, no, Larea. Larea got a 7.5. I don't think Larea did that good today, to be honest. He had a pretty bang average game. Um, so yeah, that makes me feel a bit better. Kyle Smith is my man of the match and I'm sticking with it. Not moving it. Did I say my subs? Benji, six out of 10. Akindele, five out of 10. Huan, six out of 10. All right. Next segment, as I have been going on for a little while now, I'm going to be talking about all of the MLS games. That's right. I'm going to be talking about a little bit about MLS, not only Orlando, going to broaden my horizons a bit. So Let's go into some of the games today. We're going to go into the games this weekend. Seattle played New England earlier today. 3-3 draw. It was a great game. Great game. If you didn't watch it, I recommend you watch the highlights. It was crazy game. Just back and forth, back and forth. We really needed Seattle to win. They didn't pull it out at home. New England got a penalty. It, it wasn't a penalty. It wasn't a penalty. One, I can't remember who kicked it. Somebody crossed a ball at very fast speed, and it hit the Seattle defender's hand. He had no way to move it out of the way. It did block the cross. It was a definite handball, but it was a 100% ball to hand. I mean, I guess if ball to hand is out of the rule book now, then yeah, it's a penalty. But if ball to hand is still in the rule book or something similar to that, or like natural position or anything like that, then it's not a penalty. It was a very harsh penalty, and New England gained a point when we really needed them to lose. Toronto versus Orlando, obviously 1-1. Cincinnati on the road to Columbus, tied 2-2. Big result for Cincinnati as Columbus continues to struggle. Voice crack there. Wow. FC Dallas destroyed Minnesota United 5-3 at home. Minnesota United did pick up a red card in the game. It was Mason Toy in the 90th minute, plus six. So there might have been a scuffle at the end of the game. FC Dallas killing Minnesota United, who are in second place in the West. So big win for FC Dallas. That makes me feel a bit better that we beat them last week. That I don't know about you guys. That makes me feel better about beating them last week. Real Salt Lake beating our next opponent, Sporting KC, Two to one. Sporting KC did get a red card late in this game as well. Danielle Saloy in the 84th minute. Not a big deal. He's not a big contributor to their team. Only has like 18 appearances and most of those off the bench. So not a big deal for them. They still lost though. Two to one against RSL. Colorado beating San Jose. Two to one. Big win. Big win 
for Colorado, who have been poor this season, while San Jose have been labeled the comeback team of the season, and they deserve it. Last season, they were the worst team in MLS. This season, they are in a playoff spot. Orlando City fans are jealous of them. I am jealous of them. They have turned their team around by not a lot. They have not made that many sightings, and they just brought in a new coach who knows what the fuck he is doing. So congratulations to them. But unfortunately, they have lost today 2-1 to one to Colorado on the road. So that is a bit disappointing. Uh, Kellen Acosta and Diego Rubio getting the goals there. And then 85th minute now, Chicago is uh, pulling a Chicago. 2-2 two to two against Montreal Impact. They were winning 2-0 in the first 20 minutes. And Montreal Impact have made it 2-2. Two, two. Results were going our way. They are not going our way anymore by the looks of it. Montreal coming back. Old Arsenal player Bakary Sanya getting on the score sheet there. Along with, it looks like, Safir Tider. 2-2, that's not good for us. That's not good for us. That means another competitor gains more points. I believe they're up to 34 now. We will have a game in hand, obviously, but they'll still be four points. They will not be catchable next game if results stay that way. And then Portland play Vancouver tonight at 11 p.m. Might have that game on in the background, but um, I also might be going to bed. Oh, the game's about to start, actually. Holy shit, it's already 11-10. Okay, tomorrow, Atlanta play NYCFC in a big Eastern Conference playoff showdown at 3.55 p.m. Philadelphia play Houston Dynamo at 6. D.C. United play LA Galaxy at 7.30. LAFC play New York at 10. So that is it for that new segment. Let me know if you liked it. I personally liked it. Looking at the scores makes me more in touch with the league. And so, yeah, let me know if you want me to keep doing it. I probably will. Anyways, all right, on to the Sporting KC preview. Let's fly through this as I have been blabbering on now for 29 minutes. Let's try and keep this short. Let you guys listen to this quickly. Form, they have been a win-loss-loss-win-loss the last five games. Two wins, three losses. They just lost to RSL. We talked about that. And, of course, Daniel Saloy getting the red card. Not that big of a deal, as I said earlier, because he literally has 10 appearances, 8 appearances off the bench. So 18 in total, 10 starts. Not that good. He has one assist. Oh, no, no. Where's the offensive? Let's see how many goals and assists he has had and if he is a big deal to them. Daniel Saloy. Why can't I ever find anything? There he is. All right. Goals, zero goals, zero assist as a forward. Not that good, buddy. Not that good. So not a big loss to them. Probably won't even matter. But just to let you know, Saloy out for the game on Wednesday. Both teams will be on short rest but uh, and both have to travel back to Orlando. Um, we'll obviously travel within... The next couple days, most likely tomorrow, unless something happens similar to how we left Portland. And they will probably travel on Monday or Tuesday um, to get in and to get a training session in and then play the game. So both teams traveling to Orlando, they will be traveling further, of course, and later. So that is helpful. But, you know, travel's hard anyways. And it's a long-ass season. So there's that. 
They are strong at counterattacking and they're strong at using skill to get past players. They they have very skillful players. They have very fast players and they will try to use that against us. This will play into their hands because they are on the road. We are at home. As a home team, you are supposed to take possession of the ball, supposed to attack, supposed to be in the opponent's half. But that's what they want us to do. That's what they want us to do. They want us to be in their half, to be attacking at them. So they can do what we did Toronto today, and that is counterattack with pace. Hopefully we don't do that. It could be a case, this game, of both teams not wanting possession. We want them to have possession and us to counterattack, and they want us to have possession so they can counterattack. Similar game to us versus Columbus at home where we won 1-0. Neither team wanted the ball. A lot of long balls being played and just overall not a fun game to watch, but we came out of it with a win. Um, yeah, I, we could, I, I can definitely see that happening here. Um, they're weak at defending through balls. And, and they've been known to make some some key individual errors this season. So we will have to, have to, have to be clinical at home if we want to win this game. I know I always say we have to be clinical, but we have to. We have to score goals. We have to attack smartly if we want to win this game. We have to score goals if we're going to win this game. We, we have to be clinical, and then we have to play smart defense. That's what we have to do. What do you think we have to do? We have to we have to attack their weaknesses and counter their strengths. And their strengths are counterattacking. So that means we want them to have possession of the ball. Because they're not that good at it. Because teams that like to counterattack don't like to have the ball. We don't like to have the ball. We aren't good with the ball. We made like no chances and we had strong possession this game. Especially at the end of the first half. We made like no chances. We made our goal today without having the ball. We raced down the field on a counterattack after winning the ball in midfield, and we scored that way. So, yeah, that's what we want. That's what we're going to want to do. That's what they're going to want to do. It's going to be an ugly game I'm predicting against SKC. Hopefully not because I predicted an ugly game against Montreal, and we beat them 3-0 on the road. But I am predicting a 2-0 win. Hopefully I am right like I am, like I was tonight. Um, it's a winnable game, guys. It's a winnable game. It's at home, and it's one that can kickstart a run to the playoffs. Sporting KC, I forgot to look it up. They are in... Da, 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 da. Why is this not working? Hey, why aren't you working? All right, let's try this one more time. Standings, Western Conference. There we go. Sporting KC are 10th. They're not that good of a team. They are there for the taking. They have 28 points from 24 games. We have 30 points from 25. This is a winnable game. If we want to make the playoffs, this is a must-win game. I mean, every game from here on out is a must-win game as long as we don't win games. And, you know, sooner or later, if we don't keep winning games like this one, we're going to be saying LAFC, must-win game. (laughs) San Jose, must-win game. Atlanta, must-win game. And that's just not going to happen, guys. We cannot beat those three big boys. And we have them coming up. It's it's difficult run to the playoffs. It's doable, but we have to start winning games. We cannot keep giving up 
our leads late in the game like we did tonight, like we did against Philadelphia, like we did against Chicago, to some extent like we did against NYCFC. And then again, I'm not in the cup. I mean, in in the league, we gave up a goal early on in the second half, I believe, to NYCFC. But still, we gave up a lead. We got to stop giving up leads if we want to make the playoffs. And we can. We can make the playoffs. We definitely can make the playoffs. I think we we're in with a shout. I want to be optimistic and say we will as, as a prediction, but I'm going to go with we won't, especially if we keep giving up late goals like this one and having more moral victories. Let me know. Do you guys think we're going to win the playoff? Win. Do you guys think we're going to make the playoffs? I don't think we will, but I think next season we will. And next game, let me know. I'm predicting a 2-0 win. You can predict it on Twitter. Instagram or my website, all OCLinesBlog.com or OCLinesBlog, and then obviously the website, www.OCLinesBlog.com. Again, predicting a 2 0 win. Disappointed by the loss, but also improvement from last season. Let me know your thoughts on my thoughts, your opinions on my opinions, and I will see you all after the next game. Vamos, Orlando.